Hello, 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 and welcome to Believe. I am Onyx Stone. Thank you so much for joining me. One of the things that I am greatly aware of as the pandemic continues to progress is our deep need for connection. Oh, over 10 years ago, gospel artist Hezekiah Walker came out with the song, I Need You to Survive. I need you, you need me, we're all a part of God's family. Stand with me, agree with me. I need you to survive. I pray for you, you pray for me. I love you, I need you to survive. And that is so true. If ever there was a time that his prophetic and prolific words were so true is the times that we're living in, that we need people One of the things, and I've mentioned this, I mentioned it on the last podcast, is that after this, there are so many stores, I just can't visit them. Like, I'm so over retail right now, I don't know what to do. Don't get me wrong. Like, everybody, I like new clothes. I do. I like to shop. I like to wear nice clothes. And I like the way clothes, new clothes, and nice clothes feel on my body. But I don't need that. These retail stores, the way they treat the people, disgusting. And maybe I never paid attention to it before because I never had to. But as this pandemic has progressed, as the amount of unemployment claims have continued to rise, as more and more people have been unable to file their unemployment claims, and they are literally either accounts overdrawn down to their last dime. I just can't. That it's, it's, it's sickening to me the way I believe capitalism, greed, and corruption. I'm going to sum it up in one word. It's just a form of evil, E-V-I-L, just evil. And it, it makes me sick. It makes me sick to my stomach. As these sisters and brothers have, you know, worked their retail jobs and, and now they've seen on the other side of that, how these mega companies, how they treat their people. It's just disgusting. And so For those who have continued to be able to work through the pandemic, our our cashiers at the grocery stores, the stockers in all the stores, those who unload the trucks, those who load the trucks, the truck drivers who are getting products from point A to point B. Oh my God, we cannot thank these people enough. How grateful I am for them that they have just endured putting their own health, their own lives at risk every day, showing up. Talk about being a trooper. I have really, I like that when I go in the stores, now I see these these glass partitions up that separate the cashier from the customer. I hope they stay up. There's no reason for them to come down that just because I'm a cashier doesn't mean I want to be that close to people because let's be honest, before the pandemic, I talked about it, People were not practicing good hygiene. So there are people who talk and they spit. There are people who talk and their breath stinks. There are people who have body odor. So if you're going to put up a protection between me and them, CEO, thank you. Let's keep it going. But these people are frontliners, right? I'm so grateful for them. Major, major, major salute to them and what they do that it's just, it can't be stated enough that this country has been able to keep moving because of the people that we're so quick to dismiss, that we just think so 
you know, so little of at times that that now if it wasn't for them, (laughs) where would we be? The other frontliners are our EMTs, our medical staff. Oh, my God. For my second career, when I when I left Houston and and left my job at the telephone company, I actually wanted to become a nurse. And I thought this was the bomb job because I had a great friend, AMC, her her initials, my boo. She introduced me to the world of traveling nurses, travel nurses. And I was like, I could do that. Like you, you, you could go all over the world and like you could pick where you want to go and work and earn a check. But they pay you. They pay for you to live somewhere. They pay for you to eat. And so really your check is your check. I was like, oh, that's it. That's what I think I, I could do that. <laughs> and, and, and so that's what I was going to do. That was going to be my my second career was going to be in nursing. I had been accepted to several nursing programs. And and then one day I heard the Lord say, and the rest is herstory. So um, I never got a chance to go be a nurse, but I'm sure that I would have been a nurse. I want to believe that I would have been a nurse who was committed and on the front lines and devoted to my patients and nursing. The nursing field is wide open, but I'm sure at this time with the focus on any patient that is before you, the threat and the threat of the virus is ever before you at the same time. So our nursing staff, our our doctors, our respiratory therapists, the porters in the hospital, those who are cleaning the hospitals, those who are caring for the the dead bodies, the people that are dying in the hospitals, transporting them, you know, from one space in the hospital to a next, our funeral directors, our those who work in funeral homes. I mean, oh my God, the list just goes on and on and on. The the long list of people that I'm so grateful for for the work that they are doing that we don't have to do. You know, when they say it's it's a dirty job, but somebody has to do it, was that statement ever true? The other people that are on the front lines that I'm grateful for their work are those in helping staff. So right now, social workers. I will always talk about the seriousness and the great need for mental health, especially as it pertains to Black people. I just believe anybody Black in America, you need a therapist. And if you're the person, you're the main one that needs a therapist. For those who, well, I just pray and you absolutely, you need two therapists to help you flush some of those things out in balance. And that Jesus, God has always provided us a way for help, that God loves us. And um, one of, I believe, one of the ways that God loves us is that God wants us to be well. And so a part of our wellness is attached to our mental health. and to be unhealthy in our mind. Remember, the mind is at the top and our, our head is the closest physical proximity you and I have to the heavens. And when that is not well, that's a problem because everything else is going to trickle down. So for our sisters and our brothers who are in the mental health field, and the mental health field is so vast and it's so wide. So salute to the social workers those who are clinically licensed and those who are not. Thank you for doing the work. If ever there was a time for people to believe that their work had worth and value, now is the time for the 
licensed professional counselors. But you know what? To be honest with you, the work is so great right now. I don't think people are tripping if somebody has a license or not. If I talk, can you listen? When you listen, can you display compassion, care, and empathy? You can do that. Okay, I have something to talk to you about. And I really think that's where it is, that people want to feel as if someone cares about them. And, and, and those that are holding up the banner, thank you. The other group of frontliners are certainly my clergy sisters and brothers. When I was a pastor in a local church, I don't think I emphasized it to my congregations enough, but certainly these are my thoughts. You have to pray for the pastor. Everybody wants the pastor to pray for them, which is fine. That's what pastors do. They pray for people. How many of you take the time to pray for your pastor? And I know I already feel it. I sense it in my spirit. I, already, I, I know because I just know the church folk. I always, I, mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. people are not praying for the pastors. And I'm not talking about your pastor's finances. I'm not talking about your pastor to be able to preach better. because. Yeah, that's a whole nother topic of conversation because many of us think that's all a pastor is supposed to do is to be able to preach. And yeah, we'll talk about that later. But anyway, that we ought to be able to pray for our pastors because usually what you're going through, I can guarantee your pastor is feeling it at 1000% more. You know why? He or she is caring for a congregation. And some people care for congregations and they are alone. And by alone, I mean, they come in the house, they are single and oh, oh my God, we can't even see our pastors as human. So we have totally dismissed his or her sexuality. They don't have any. So this person who's the pastor, they come in the house by themselves and they're burdened. They are burdened with the cares of the people, the cares in their own families, the cares in their own life. And they are overwhelmed and they have to put on a brave face, show up with a smile and underneath their mask is nothing but tears, nothing but hurt and nothing but pain. But real talk, watch this. The same goes for the mask that many of us wear into our places of worship. And so pray for these people who are leaders and have been leading you. And when we come out of this, you know, the first place everybody is going to run is the church. Mm-hmm. That's the first place folks going to run is back to the church. Can you pray for the pastors? My heart always goes out to pastors who pastor small congregation. Um, and, and I think that there is the belief that everyone wants to pastor these mega spaces and churches. Yes, yeah, some people do. But but for myself, I've only pastored in small congregations small spaces. So I have a heart for pastors who pastor small churches. And by small churches, I mean, you see less, you see less than a hundred people on a Sunday morning. Now, like most churches, you probably haven't updated the roster. So we still talking about, we got 400. No, no, no. I'm talking about how, who comes on Sunday mornings that these, these faithful people, actually, I would probably say anybody who sees less than 300 people on Sunday mornings, um, that is a small church. We could even stretch it five, less than 500 people, definitely a small, small congregation. And so the burden that comes from pastoring people that we do it out of one, we have been called, but we also do it out of our love for God and a love for the people. So 
during this time, remember your pastors as they are on the front lines praying, as they are on the front lines ministering. Thank God for the pastors who have stepped up in their congregations and they are a connector between the people. We often have heard this phrase, priesthood of all believers. Now is the time for the priesthood of all believers to step up. I personally am someone who thinks that essentially in every, every pew, there is a pastor. And what I mean by that is that within every pew, there is the potential for someone to be able to pray for someone. There is the potential for someone to step up and say, I can lead. I can be on a committee. I can do. I have these gifts and talents. I can help the body. Essentially, I can, I can do it. I can be this person that I want to be in the body of Christ. Now, that's not taking over the pastor's role. And really, when the pastor is empowered enough, guess what? The people are empowered to believe I can do that. I can. And the, the ministry. It, it extends then to the whole body and we're all involved and we're, we're all active and we're all doing our part and, and we make sure that sister so-and-so is good and brother so-and-so and, and I got it. And then we have the communication and, and no one feels threatened because we're all working towards the same goal. Do we know what the goal is? I'm not talking about that today, but we're all in line and working towards the same goal. Frontliners. Right. That every time you step out of your house, you're on the front line. You're on the front line for your family. If you're a single person, you <laughs> are on the front line. If you are in a family where you are maybe a single person by not being married, but you have children or you are married, you and your spouse, you are on the front line every time you leave out of that house. Because outside of that house, we don't know what waits for us. And if we didn't know what's waiting for us before that we wrestle not against, we certainly don't know what's waiting for us on the other side with this virus, the unseen enemy. But as we we muddle through and we're still a little confused, I saw the news today. Some states are opening as soon as yesterday. Today, I'm so unclear, but I, I was very clear that, you know, stupidity just it comes in all shapes, forms, sizes, and at all levels, they are opening the beaches in Florida. What? They're going to be people, hopefully Floridians, they are smart enough, I believe they are, to stay in their homes. Now's not the time to go to the beach. Um, it is the time to continue to practice physical distance in social settings and environments. It is the time to make sure we're practicing good hygiene, the washing of the hands. It is a time to develop a keen sense of awareness. Be aware of your surroundings at all times. It, it is the time that we live, but, but we've been here and we've been living in this environment for some time. But now with the virus and the pandemic, it's just heightened. That's all it is. Our senses are just, they're, they're, more, they're more alert. And so as businesses begin to open, be safe in how you maneuver. You are an essential part of the world that we live in. Maybe you didn't know that, but yes, we need you. We need only what you can bring to the world. We need your gifts. We need your talents. We need your voice. We need you. And if you're not being alert and if you're not being vigilant, if you're not doing the things you need to do, 
It won't. It doesn't matter who you thought you were going to be on the other side. My friend, you won't make it to the other side. But I'm telling you, we need you. Now, I'm not sure what your gifts and your talents are. It doesn't even matter. But whatever it is, it's needed. It's needed. And I can't implore upon you enough to know that where you sit right now, you are essential. Where you stand right now, walk in that, believe that you are essential. You're what we need. But if you don't do the right things, we're going to miss out. We're going to miss out. We're going to miss out on your talents. We're going to miss out on your gifts. We're going to miss out on your productivity. We're just, we're going to miss your spirit. So be safe as the talk about the economy opening up. Um, Is it about the economy or is it about people? God also has an economy and God's economy of grace, God's economy abundance. God's economy never runs out ever, ever. And, and I have said this for some time and I really believe this. Whenever people are talking about lack, whenever people are focused on what we don't have, I am just convinced they are not, they're not functioning, operating in God. Because none of those things exist in God. When people are talking about what we don't have, when they are being stingy, when they are being close, fist, no God in that. God is a God of abundance, abundance. And so to tap into the abundance of God is, that means we're never without. We're never without. We're never lacking. Whether it's in the spiritual or it's manifesting itself in the physical We are never without. We have to believe that, live that, walk in that. So, you know, this priesthood of all believers that we, as people of God, people of faith, we can make it. (laughs) I don't care what they say. We can make it. Um, I asked the question um, on the last podcast, you know, who do you want to be? So hopefully we're still muddling through that and thinking about who do you want to be? But I hope you take with you the 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 belief that you're essential and you're needed, whoever that is, we need you. And I hope to see you on the other side. It has been so great today talking to you. Hope all is well. Enjoy your weekend. I'm Onyx Stone. Thank you for joining me.